I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Scottish Suns football podcast with me, Roger Hanna, and sports writer David Friel, where we look back at all the action in the SPFL Premiership this weekend and also at the top of the Championship. Celtic back four points clear at the top of the SPFL Premiership. David, you were at McDermott Park yesterday for 3-0 win against St Johnson. Reasonably comfortable for Celtic? Michael Hallam's clean through in the first minute or so, so the game could have been totally different. Great save from Craig Gordon, who's back to his best. St Johnson trying to get off the sharp start. Miller finds McLean. That's a great pass. O'Halloran's well, onside. Great chance for St Johnson. And a fine save there by Craig Gordon. The Celtic defence caught nothing here. No question of offside. Against St Johnson, I felt. So St Johnson in that, in that score could have had a couple. You know, Haaland misses another one. Murray Davison also misses a chance. But after Celtic get the first goal, you can see them settling down a bit. Chiefs second after the break pretty much killed the game. And then at that point St Johnson are finished this is, this is where journalists really set themselves up for a fall I wrote in a column in the Scottish Sun on Sunday that Nadia Sifti wasn't exactly doing what it said in the tin and Ronnie Dangler would be worried about his form he certainly wouldn't be worried about his form this morning no I mean, I mean he did look a bit you know it's amazing what a difference a goal can make you know he takes the first goal really well um, good touch good finish and you can just see you know the confidence oozing out him after that um, he spoke after the game, saying he's happy to handle the pressure, he knows there's competition, he knows Lee Griffiths is doing well, Callum Cole's here. This is Rodjick, Lustig now, on the move on the right, promising for Celtic, there's Chifchi with the header! 3-0 to Celtic! So he's saying all the right things, he actually looks, to me looks a bit leaner than he did in his United days, but I think he just needs another game, but whether he gets that, Lee Griffiths being in such good form, I don't know. The, the other goal, the middle goal, Dedrick Boyata, I've heard him describe as a danger in both boxes, but when he gets up for these, these set pieces, he's a goal threat for himself. Yeah, he's, he's a huge goal threat. I mean, he scored a few goals this season and he, he seems to time his runs really well. I do think he's settling down slightly. I, I felt against Ferrabachi, he was much better. And again, yesterday there was a couple of early scares, but after that, he stood up quite well to Hallam and Stephen McLean. And I think he's, he's benefiting from having... Uh, Simi Robic beside him. You know, I think at the start of the season it was chopping and changing all the time. He definitely Ambrose when we could Van Dyke at the start, Charlie McGrew's in there, Taylor Blackett. I think the fact that Ronnie Dyle's now settled in two will help both of them. And, um, and Ronnie Dyle was speaking after the game about how he was, he was, he was a lot happier with his defence. To, to the side of those two centre halves, Emilio Louisa Gary back in the team for Kieran Tierney and a very emotional day. He did well getting through the day. He did, I mean, you know, I don't think you can comprehend what he's going through in terms of how close he was to Arnold Peralta. He lost two enduring players, friends in Glasgow, okay, playing with Celtic and Rangers, but they were close friends. They went through a lot together. The death hit him hard. He couldn't get back for the funeral or anything. So for him to go be so professional, but on a good display in memory of his friend, I thought spoke volumes for him. And a word for our little pal Chris Miller, hobbled off again, man in his 30s now, David, but St Johnson looked as if they, they missed his presence after he felt that hamstring. Yeah, I mean, Tommy Wright was asked about that, and he obviously wasn't happy just in general, but said, oh, that didn't have any impact on the goals, but Celtic certainly started to play a bit more when Chris Miller went off. Tom Rogic hadn't really been seen in the first 20 minutes, he went on to become one of the best players. Because he operated in that role or that 
area that Chris Miller does, so St Johnson definitely missed him, but it's just old age for him. There was a surprise result at Ibrox at the weekend, David Morton getting a 2-2 draw against Rangers, but it could have been so much better for Jim Duffy's men. Yeah, I mean, you wonder whether he, he views it as two points loss or a point gain, I mean, given nobody gave him a chance really going to Ibrox, but to be 2-1 up so late in the game, he's probably thinking, pulled it off here. Poor header there by Ball. What chance for McCluskey? He's away from Kiernan. Chance for Warchan and he's taken it! Stefan McCluskey with the coolest of finishes puts Morton ahead. Splendid goal. Rangers are initially able to get equalised and put him on black on, but I just think it's another great performance and great result for Morton. I think Jim Duffy's doing a fantastic job. Is it just that old when they, they take a lead late on and they just get far too excited and just switch off for a moment and that was that was long enough for Waghorn to score? It's amazing how many, you know, Rangers spend the, the full game trying to break through Morton's defence. Don't manage it, but then as soon as Morton go ahead, the goal seems so simple. You know, you're watching the replay and you're thinking, why is nobody tracking Lee Wallace's run? You, know, you can see what you're going to do 10 seconds before he does it. The pullback there, and I think it was two or three, um, queuing up. I mean, Rangers did have another chance with Jason Holt near the death, but I think Morton were probably um, off their point. And, you know, Rangers, I saw them at Livingston a few weeks ago, and, and I felt they needed a plan B. I felt like too many players are quite samey, and uh, you know, I just wonder if they a real presence in the box. You know, they're relying heavily on Kenny Miller and Martin Waghorn just now to get them goals. And surely Mark Warburton's going to add to his scoring jump. And yet, 80 seconds in, Kenny Miller scores 1 0. Free kick opportunity for Tavernier. There's Kenny Miller with a header. Very poor defending, but Kenny Miller did very well with that. You expect Rangers to go on at that stage to do to Morton what they had done to St Mirren and the Barton, you know, knock four goals past them. You do, but, but it, it didn't happen. It didn't happen against Livingston either, and obviously they lost the hip. So I know Mark Warburton gets a bit annoyed when people say they've lost momentum or are struggling but you know they have dropped points now you know and maybe it's just that kind of maybe it's a compliment in terms of how well they're playing at the start of the season that people are surprised but I think clubs in the championship are now caught on how Rangers play I think they now realise that if you do shut the full backs down especially then they might struggle slightly and I just think he needs more options up front you know I think Barry McKay's done okay this season but beyond Kenny Miller and Martin Waghorn, I don't see any other strikers. Well, they can't do anything to the 1st of January. Prior to that, they've got two huge games, both televised games at Falkirk this Saturday, home to Hibs, I think Monday the 28th. Will they need to raise their game for those? Oh, 100%. I mean, the Hibs game everybody's talking about, and quite rarely, you know, it'll be, you know, it's a really good festive fixture, you know, Celtic Hearts, Rangers, Hibs. But the Falkirk game is one for me that I don't think anybody should underestimate. Falkirk are a good team. They're a good team of good young players, but they've also got real experience in, in that team. Guys at Lee Mallory, I mean, and they go to Hibs at the weekend, okay, Hibs are a man down for a lot of the game, but Falkirk are, are a really, really good team. So, I, you know, I, I think that will be a really tough one on a plastic pitch. You know, pressure's on Rangers because they won't want to get into the Hibs game having dropped points against Falkirk. So, you know, I, th I think these two games could be make a break in terms of where the season's going to go right down to the wire where the Rangers are just going to pull away. Now, there are always a few bizarre things happen over a, a weekend of football, David. Was there any more bizarre than Jordan McGee's handball at Petodre on Saturday? No, I think I've watched it about ten times now and I'm still trying to work out what he was thinking. Why on earth he puts his hand up to handle the ball? Is it because he thinks David Goodwill is coming in behind him? Even if he does, why would you do that anyway? I mean, it was just a moment of madness. Just rash, and you could see as soon as he hit the deck, he realised what he'd done. No complaints, it's a penalty, and his team lose again. Aberdeen pressing for this winning goal. Here's Kenny McLean. That's a good delivery. It was handled there by McGee. Under no pressure at all, no threat of any kind. 
and he chose to handle this, and he's been booked already, he could go off. Crazy from McGee. Rudy now from the spot. Aberdeen have the lead. Adam Rooney deadly with his 12th goal of the season. It was a late win and it was a, a dramatic finale. Aberdeen probably deserved the three points in the balance of play and deserved the edge further clear of hearts in the second place. Yeah, I mean, Neil Alexander had a, a good few saves. Um, Aberdeen missed some chances. And saying that, hearts also, you know, one especially had a very good chance, a good save from Danny Ward. But yeah, I think Aberdeen are now just hitting their, their stride again, you know. I mean, Derek McInnes must be looking at it and thinking, even if during that really bad draft they picked up a few points here and there, they'd be a lot closer to Celtic. But they definitely hit their stride. They've got a good, good squad, good depth, and um, they were just too much for hearts. I noticed a line in, in Tam Cowan's column at the weekend saying Aberdeen aren't in favour of a winter break because they took October and November off this season. But it, will Derek McInnes look back on those two months at the end of the season and just shake his head in disbelief? Yeah, and, and I don't think anybody's... I mean, I certainly didn't see it coming. I saw Aberdeen a few times at the start of the season. I, I thought to myself... They've got a bigger squad now, he's made some really good signings, Shinny, Danny Ward, they can go and challenge Celtic, I generally, generally thought they could, especially with Celtic having the, Euro uh, the European commitments, but it just fell apart, I mean Celtic are four points ahead now, they could go seven if they win their game in hand, and as you'll see, even if they'd picked up a one or two in that period, what a difference it would make, but instead they're trailing now. They go to go at the weekend, you, you saw the strength of, and depth they've got in their squad at the weekend, now again ruled out, so Peter Pollock comes in. Mark Reynolds off with a broken nose and the club captain Ryan Jack comes back in so they've got the personnel there. Yeah, and I also think they'll strengthen in January. I think Derek McInnes will, you know, I, th I think Aberdeen, especially you know, maybe Rangers Hibs coming back next season as well, I think Aberdeen know that they're in a position of strength, they've got a good squad and they need to keep going, they can't stand still. I think, you know, they've got a good squad, I think they'll add one or two, he's using the loan market quite well too. So I think Aberdeen will continue to to put some pressure on the Celtic. I can't see him catching Celtic now, but I do think we'll strengthen. It's getting to that time, just three weeks before the transfer window opens, people are beginning to, to formulate what they're going to do. Is left-back emerging as a problem position for Hearts? Because I've seen Joe Onoshin a couple of times. He's not been terrific at all. He was left out to make way for Jordan McGee, and then he cost Aberdeen the goal. Yeah, it is a problem because, as you're saying, Oshaniwa hasn't really convinced. Jordan McGee's obviously a good player, he's obviously well rated, but does he play right back? Does he play centre yeah. half? Does he play left back? He's right side play playing left back. I think Craig Levine and Robbie Nielsen have done very, very well in the transfer market guys like Barma, Arnoux, June, you know, terrific signings, Igor Rossi as well, but I think it will be an area they'll look at. Well, Ross County moved above Hamilton into fifth place in the Premiership and it was the old story about the Scotsman, the Englishman and the Irishman. <laughs> I think Stuart Murdoch Craig Curran, Liam Boyce scoring the goals in the second half and cut Ross County doing well to come from behind and get only a second away win of the season. Yeah, when I heard Hamilton were leading, I, I thought to myself, they'll go and see it, at least get a point, because Hamilton are very strong at home, obviously, in the plastic pitch. Options to the left. One of them here is Morris. Good movement inside by Courtage. And Hamilton have scored! Splendid sweeping move, this, inspired by Emery's pass to Morris. An excellent cutback. And Grammar's Courtage cashes in. You know, Jim McIntyre, for this calendar year, he must be manager of the year because the job he's done there, the wins picked up, the signs he's made, the way they play football. You know, Liam Boyce has been a revelation, Jackson Irving as well. It's just another great victory for him. And I think, you know, there's a real pack um, behind St Johnston, um, Celtic, Aberdeen, and Hearts. But for me, Ross County, I'll stick on to the top six. Well, I was at the game at the weekend, David. You would never have seen that result at half-time. Aki's were one up. They were very good value for uh, Grandma's Curtis' first half goal. 
and then something just clicked in the second half for Ross County. They came out, and from the moment the second half started, they were a transformed team. And the substitutions as well, the introduction of Murdoch and Michael Gardine made such a difference as well. Forward again, come Ross County, looking for a clinching goal there. Jackson Irvin, it breaks kindly there for Murdoch. It's his first goal for Ross County, and they have the lead. Well, I mean, Michael Gardine scores a goal, which it was onside, and we seen the replays. Yeah, and I think he's got a good squad. I mean, obviously, I mean, Ross County spend a lot of money, especially on wages. You know, there's a, there's a bit of myth that they don't have a lot of cash spending. Obviously, they do. Roy McGregor's a rich man, and he's not scared to invest. He attracts guys up there as well, which isn't always easy. But I just think Jim McIntyre's saying really well. You know, I think, I think as a manager, you're judging the transfer market. You know, some get it wrong, but for me, 90% of the things since he's taken over at Ross County, he's got it right. As you're saying, he's got guys to bring off the bench. He's getting the best out guys as well. And I'd imagine a few words at half time. But he's, whatever he's doing, he's doing really well. A huge spell can offer him as well because in the new year they start with a, a Scottish Cup game against Infermline, which won't be easy through at East End Park, and of course a League Cup semi final against Celtic in the Horizon as well. I mean, it's, it's big times in Dingle. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, that's I mean, given that he took over the club when we were pretty low ebb, you know, Derek Adams was having had all his success, was having a bit of a tough time, so he saved them last year. He started the season really well, as you're saying, he's in the semi final. I mean, he, I don't think he could have done a better job. Roy McGregor appointed him, I don't think he did, could have envisaged anything like this. So for me, he's done, he's done a terrific job and I think he's continuing to do so. When you look at that area, look at the results at the weekend, the area from, from Aki's in 6th, even right down to Kilmarnock in 11th, there's, there's not many points between them. Are Aki's safe yet, do you think? No, not at all. I, I don't think anybody's safe. You know, I, th I think Dundee United will struggle to finish out with the bottom two. I, th I, I think Dundee United will either be in a playoff or automatically relegated. I just think they're too far adrift now. The rest of them, it could be anybody. It generally could be anybody. When you see Patrick Thistle putting three wins together, Motherwell beating Dundee as well. It's so equal between the teams. Anyone can beat each other. And I, I wouldn't say Aki's up. You know, I don't think they'll automatically get relegated, but they can easily finish in the playoff place. Well, for Dundee United, it was another Saturday, another home defeat, and another depressing post-match analysis from Mixu Patalainen. And you know, the United fans, they heard it against Hamilton, they heard it against St Johnson, they're hearing just the same thing again now. It sounds like the Reverend Diane Jolly. I mean, I do worry if we stay at mind, and I've never heard... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. A manager so deflated and so angry and so, I don't know, it just, it seems to me that he's trying everything and he's tried everything. He's had a go at them. He's obviously tried to get his arm around a few of them and... You know, I can see his frustration at the weekend because he probably did have a few chances. They should settle it, apparently. But it's a slack goal. Chris Dillon, he 
turns too easy and I mean, Mixer didn't miss him, it was Gavin Gurney, did not miss him, you know, on the wrong side, kept saying the wrong side, but defenders on the wrong side. And I don't know where they go from here to be honest. He's tried to add experience. I mean, United were famed at the start of the season for all these promising kids, but he's injected more of an experienced Spain with Gunning at the back, Guida Mel in midfield, Florence, Cinema Pongol up front, and still it's not worked yet. No, and that, that will be. So, where does he go from here now? You know, he's obviously a goalkeeper that came in as well, and, and I think he has to add more players. But they, they're now. United are now in a position for me, they're scrambling about for wins, so they're obviously a bit desperate to get stuff in. When, when you're in a desperate position like that, you make rash signings, you make rash decisions on the pitch, and nothing's fallen for them. I think Mexico can only hope that somehow, somewhere, they get a, that, that one result that changes everything, and suddenly players start playing with confidence, because right now, next to me, they're just they don't have anything. And the problem for them is as well, so many of the teams just above them keep winning. Thistle was second bottom, got a little run, and another win at Tannadice, of course, at the weekend. Motherwell have got a win and every time Kilmarnock seem to get sucked in they get a result as well and I think goal scoring as well for, for Dean United I mean if Bill McKay doesn't score who does you know they don't they don't have a goal threat you know we spoke about you know last season especially the first half of last season you Stuart Armstrong you Nadir Chastry Gary McKay Stephen you'd others chipping in you know everything was good everything was fine but now they've lost those players who are obviously huge for them but they don't seem to be placing with anywhere near the quality and Bill McKay's taking a lot of responsibility on but if he's not scoring who does I work for Partick Thistle, I'm an Archibald Premiership Manager of the Month. Sometimes that's regarded as a jinx and, and managers lose their next game, but Thistle, they're going well. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know I'm surprised because I always thought Thistle were a capable team, I think they've got some good players. Again, he signed well too, you know, guys like Abdul Osman, Danny Seaborn, good players. Um, but they were so inconsistent, they always have been under Alan Archibald, you know, especially in the Premier League. It was a win there, a defeat and a draw, and they just never seem to get a run together. So to win three in a row, is a real achievement for them, and um, yeah, I, I think they're a good team. I think they'll be fine this season. You know, I, I do think a game like the rest are in that sort of playoff pack. Callum Booth, much better passing this for Partick Thistle. Banigan with the pass. There's Chris Doolan on the turn. And Thistle have the lead. The poacher turns up again for Partick Thistle. Excellent play this by Chris Doolan, finding the goal with great expertise. Quick work for Chris Doolan, I think it was his 29th birthday. Quite, quite often he is a guy who gets in the team and then, then gets put out in the same Lyle Taylor in January. That probably won't happen this year. No, I don't think so, but he's... I mean, I've spoken to him a few times over the last few years, and as you're saying, it's always a recurring theme. You know, you're a bit annoyed you're not regular, you're a bit annoyed that you're seem to be a full guy, but his record's unbelievable. I think he's now, he did a piece a few weeks ago, he's something like 16th or 17th highest goal scorer in Partick Thistle's history. And he's been there for five or six years now. He says he wants to stay for the same again. He thinks he's got a few more years, he could end up in a testimonial at the club. So he's been a right good servant, he's a good player, and right now he's in a right training form. Well, there's been a lot of good stuff to talk about Kilmarnock this season. They've had two draws against Celtic, they've had some decent wins on the road, and yet after a defeat at Inverness on Saturday, they find themselves back in the relegation playoff place, David. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll score goals, Kilmarnock. I do think they've got a good threat going forward. Defensively, I just always worry about them, I just think they're too open. Two, I don't think they've got the strength in there, and it was far too easy for Callum Fisher to score the first two goals. Goal kick, there's McCarthy. Oh, he's kept it alive for Portworth. A chance here for Callum Fisher. It's taken by Vigers. It's a complete gift from Kilmarnock's defence. McCarthy and Balatoni cut out and turned it easily by Vigers. Ian Vigers took the goals well, but I mean, if you're going to get two tap ins, those were two tap ins. Especially, I mean, the first one, I mean, there's nobody anywhere near him. Um, and again, Gary Locke. A defender himself must be looking at that and thinking, you know, it's far too easy, it's far too simple. You know, I mean, 
Highland's a hard place to go whether it's Inverness or those counties so you want to make them work for their goals and they just had a fair time there was an awful mix up between Kevin McCarthy and Conrad Balatoni I think it was for the second goal at the weekend they need to cut out those errors otherwise they'll remain down there and that can be the difference and I think just now um, a lot of the teams in that pack we've spoken about playing against each other so um, something's got to give each week but if you're, if you're giving basic simple errors you're saying mix ups and allowing teams to capitalise and what chance have you got you know, I do think of the goals in the team, that's what I'm saying, you know, Higginbottom, Chris Boy, Josh McGuinness, you know, I do think Omar are kind of a threat, but, you know, it's not good enough for them. It's no surprise Cali Thistle have begun to pick up when they've begun to get players back mm-hmm. into the team. There was a while there, John Hughes couldn't even list seven subs. He's beginning to get back a lot of the lads who won the cup for him last season and, and results are beginning to turn. Yeah, and I think he's settled down now as well, you know, he's signed a new deal. Uh, I think the players will probably react to that a bit because, you know, they're more stupid, they know that United were interested in and things like that. But I think he's settled down, he's getting guys back. I think Miles Story's been a really good sign for him on loan. Um, he's got something about him, you know, he's big, he's bustling, but he can score a goal as well. Uh, Ian Vigers has been a good addition too. And, you know, I, I do think, I think of Inverness, got all their players playing, and maybe add one or two in January as well. You know, I think they could be top six. United go to Inverness this weekend. Is this the game where Yogi proves that it was better to stay with the ones he's got than take on the United team? Yeah, I mean, right now I wouldn't back United to get anything from up there. You know, I think Cardiff Thistle are playing a lot less pressure than, uh, than United will. So, yeah, I'm sure it will be. I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of what... You can guess it ends out of what's actually, what actually happened there in terms of getting permission to speak and wanting to go and all that sort of stuff. But I do think he'll have a wee point to prove. Callum Thistle already above the likes of the Indies. Is, is the top six returning to the top six? Is that their target now for the season? Yeah, I mean, I think if they do that, I think John Hughes will see that as a, it's quite a fair achievement. You know, last season was, I don't think it'll ever top. Last season, you know, when the Scottish Cup finished and so I up and we get into Europe, you know, it was fairy tale stuff. So losing so many players like Shinny and Aferi and guys like that, and dealing with all the injuries he did at the start of the season, if they can recover, settle down, add a couple of things, top six, he'll be doing his job. Kilmarnock's drawn a kick, one never Balatoni and turned in by Connolly. Kilmarnock are back in the match. Good play this by Mark Connolly, peeling off at the back. David and Mark McGee celebrating the first home win at Fur Park since he's returned to Motherwell, 3-1 against Indy at the weekend, and it, it looked reasonably comfortable for them. Yeah, I mean, they're 2-0 up cruising and D get back into it and then Stephen Pearson scores late on but I think Motherwell deserved the win I think for Paul Hartley he must be looking at his defence um, I'd say probably all three goals to be perfectly honest with you especially the first one with Scott McDonald I mean Scott McDonald I don't know how many goals he scored in the top flight over 100 I would imagine and to give him the freedom and the penalty I mean nobody is anywhere near him there was a claim for offside he's not offside Stephen Pearson plays him in takes a touch finishes it and Paul Hartley must be looking at it thinking why is there nobody near Although we're trying to get off to a fast start in the match, headed in there by Johnson, back with Pearson, space here for McDonald's! Excellent finishing by Scott McDonald, but where was the marking? We were disappointed with the second goal as well, let me tell you, Louis Malta, a free-headed at the near post from a, from a set-piece, is not good defending. No, I mean, I, and Louis Malta, I mean, he's done well, I mean, I think he's up to 9 or 10 goals now as well, and he's been a good sign, he's got a lot of goals for Wrexham before, before eh, Marlowe came in for him. But it's, it's too easy, you know, it's a good delivery from Josh Law, I think it was, but it's far too easy, it's at the front post, it's you know, ripped into the roof of the net, but Paul Hartley again must be saying, you know, it's just lax, it's just lax. There's always a team get sucked into that relegation dogfight every season, it was a couple of years ago when they went down, are they indeed in danger of being that team this season? I, I would, potentially, I would think they've got enough going forward, you know, I think 
you know, Kane Hemmings, good player, Rory Lloyd's good player, I like Gary Harkins, Paul McGowan's here, Greg Stewart, if they can keep a hold of him. Dundee needs something to happen quickly. Hemmings again, using his pace. The cut back reaches Harkins, the deflection takes it in. Dundee are back in the match, came off Josh Law. You would like to think for Dundee's sake that if, if, if those players stay fit and stay at the club, then they'll have enough firepower. But again, we spoke about Partick Thistle's inconsistency, Dundee's problem is getting wins. You know, I, I don't think in, in games they play, we don't ever seem to get completely outplayed. But um, draws, draws are the problem, they don't really seem to convert draws into wins too often. And I think that'll be Paul Hartley's concern going forward. Greg Stewart doesn't strike me as the type of person whose head will be turned by the speculation linking him with Rangers, linking him with Brighton. Is it important for Paul Hartley that his head isn't turned? Yeah, but it's also, I think Dundee will be, you know, Dundee, for all they want to keep him, of course they want to keep him, they've got him in a contract, and extended his contract last year. And yet, he doesn't strike me as the type that will go to his head, Greg Stewart. But if somebody comes in with any half decent bid, you've got to think that you'll sell him. Because and Paul Hartley, since he's been there, he, he has been known for turning the squad over quite quickly. He got a squad to come up, he got a squad to stay up. Now he's got a squad to try and take that next step. I mean, if Greg Stewart was sold, do you think he would have money there to, even if it was just for wages for new newcomers? Yeah, well, I mean, that might be. I mean, that might be the thing. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, Dundee probably spent a fair bit of cash in the summer, so I don't know if there's money in the pot just now for him to go and, and keep Greg Stewart and do the same. So he's maybe thinking, well, you know what? I don't want. I don't want to lose Greg Stewart, but. If a bid comes in, I don't know, 500 grand, 700 grand, if he can get that and he can get some of that to go and get wages, go and get a couple of guys in the loan, then maybe it'll strengthen Dundee. Um, I don't think Greg Schultz actually playing as well as he can right now. I think it happens to all players, but you know, I definitely think it'll be interesting in January. Well, one of the biggest games of the championship season so far was at Easter Road at the weekend. Hibs won, Falkirk won, plenty of drama. John McGinn, red card, which looks as if it could rule him out the Rangers game at Christmas. Falkirk then take a late lead after a Mark Oxley blunder and then Hibs rescue a point at the death table. How do, how do you see the game? I mean, Alan Stubbs actually came out after the game and said, oh, you know, that's actually the result I'll enjoy the most. That could be huge. And I can see his point because when you're playing for so long with 10 men having lost your arguably your best player, then against one of your closest challengers, then of course it's a good point. Now Cummings again. Baseball box and Leahy. Turned on by Vinian and the scorer is Martin Boyle. Hips have equalised right at the death. Great play by Henry Aniar and Martin Boyle was there. It, on the flip side, do you think, well, the Rangers dropping points, Hibs are at home, should they have gone and won the three? Um, I, th I think there's no doubt that John McGinn sending off Hampers Hibs, you know, is it a red card? I, I, I think so. I don't think it was malicious. I don't think he gets any heart mark here, but it's over the ball, it's rash, it's reckless and as you're saying it could be out the Rangers yeah, game. I, mean, I think Hibs have indicated that they're, they're keen to appeal that, I don't think they're going to have much joy appealing that. I mean, I know Johnny's not that type of guy at all, it's one of these, it's a, it's a poor touch and he's just trying to stretch to, to redeem it a wee bit. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the thing, but, you know, the SFA, the problem Hibs have got is the SFA won't look at it in that, in that way. And it's, it's a shame for him because he's been such a big player for me, he's improved, he looks strong, he's a real leader for them as well. Um, but they will miss him. But to come back, you know, having lost that goal to Lee Miller, to come back and keep going at the end, keep going at the end and get the tap in um, through Martin Boyle, it was great. Bad mistake by Mark Oxley, though, that, that gave Lee Miller that opportunity. You know, he's, he's actually done well this season for Hibs, but that was a bad slip. This is Fox. Powerful, determined, showing good control. Supporting that by Alston. A fumble by Oxley. That's Lee Miller with the goal. 
A mistake by Oxley and Falkirk take the lead. I think he's got them in him. You know, I think he's got that wee mistake in him and you know it just seemed such a kind of routine save for him you get down if you're not going to save it then put it on the other side of the post but again instead it comes out into the box Luna pokes it home but you know, as, as I was saying you know, Falkirk are a good team Falkirk will cause the top team's problems you know go and get a, a result he's still able to think he can do the thing, the thing Alan Stubbs must be happiest about with David is it's just the way that they refused to fold it going 1-0 down and they battled on and, and they got that one from Martin Ball right at the death and, and Bottle's something that's been kind of thrown at Hibs over the last couple of years you know do they have it do they have the stomach for a fight do they have the players but you look through the team now and I think they do have decent experience um, you know, Liam Fontaine Paul Hanlon David Gray, guys like that, you know, I think and Jason Cummins is always a threat, so you know, I, I do think they've got a bit more character and a bit more steel about them. You touched on Paul Hanlon, he seems to have been reinvented as a, as a midfield holding player, actually, it was, it was a sort of unlikely change, but Alan Stubbs must be happy with his form. Yeah, he's a good player, I think Paul Hanlon's one of those guys who maybe 17, 18, you thought he was going to go on and become a, a Scotland star for years, he's maybe not captured or reached the heights that he thought he would, but a really solid player, I think he's over 250 appearances now for Hibs, uh, Approaching his mid mid twenties, a good left foot on him, so you know, I think he's a good player. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 